0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Hi there, welcome wherever you're watching from at whatever time, my name is Bron and it's my privilege to bring you the word today. many of you would have heard maybe the quote by St. Francis of Assisi who said, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. What a beautiful sentiment. It's wonderfully put. It sounds really nice. And um, if you're like me, perhaps you're someone who can feel a little bit let off the hook. Oh, phew, I don't have to speak up and preach the gospel. I can actually just let my life speak. If I'm just a really nice person, then my life will do all the talking for me. Sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) Um, But it doesn't actually stack up, unfortunately, because you could be a really good person, a really awesome person, and you could be a Buddhist. Um, You know, I would be pretty motivated to be a good person if there was a risk that I could come back as a dung beetle. Or you could be a really great person and be an atheist, someone who does not believe that there is a God at all. You could be a really good person and be a Muslim. You could be believing for those 70 virgins or 70 year old virgin or whatever it is, um, whatever the Quran says, not sure, and that could be motivating you to be a good person. So letting your life preach the gospel doesn't necessarily do the trick. And if you read more of St. Francis of Assisi's writings, it's actually not what he meant at all. He was a firm believer in the verse, Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 15, that says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So if this scripture was according to preach the gospel and at all times if necessary, no, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words, this is how it would say no one can call on him to save them because they couldn't believe in him. And they couldn't believe in him because they had never heard about him and they couldn't hear about him because no one ever told them because they were letting their lives speak. So there were no no actual words being spoken so they could never hear it because no one ever told them. And, but everyone thought that that person was a really good person because their lives were speaking and then they died. That is not how we want to live. That's why on Vision Sunday, we said, hey, as it relates to sharing the gospel, we don't want the thing that is stopping you to simply be that you don't know how to share the gospel. We said, let's ensure that everybody has some easy gospel explanations. So last week, starting with Tony McClennan and the way of life gospel presentation that he does, we equipped you uh, to share the gospel. And then in our midweek studies, we did three, three minute gospel presentations that hopefully you could take and make your own. Um, And then we did during the daily devotions, we took it personal and said, this is how you curate and create a story of your life that tells people your own personal story. And so on day two, when it said, how about you write out your Before, uh, during, after, of um, how you came to know God or came to follow Jesus, I actually texted mine to Daz to say, hey, what do you think about this? And this is what I wrote. Daz is my husband, by the way, for all of you who don't know. Um, I always, this is what I texted. I always felt like God was real. I prayed. Sometimes I even felt like a warmth, a presence with me. But I also wanted to live my life my own way. The problem was I was a people pleaser, so it was never my way. It was the way I thought that the people I was with wanted me to be. It was no way to live, chopping and changing all the time. And one day, I just had the thought that God wanted better for me. So I decided I would pursue living his way, him in charge, rather than me, and it has been the best way to live. And Daz texted back, I love this, Brian." And I texted back, it doesn't say anything about Jesus. And then I texted, maybe that could be... The follow-up conversation, he didn't text me back. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But after Daz did connect on Wednesday night, uh, he he said to me, Brian, the morality ladder that you did, you didn't actually, you missed the gospel in it. And I was like, probably the person teaching it should not be missing that. And so we're all on this journey together of how to better explain the gospel and how to better articulate it and even our own story. Um, but what I want to do today is to bring in, we've got easy gospel explanations over here. And then this week in daily devotions, we're looking at living a life of love. And in the midweek study, living a life of love, that was all part of our go for Vision Sunday. Day and but what I'm going to talk about today is actually the middle, which is the courageous God conversations. It's what connects this life to the gospel. It, it, it the life is vitally important. You can't say, hey, I'm a Christian and be a jerk. Like that is not helping anybody. Um, and, and you can't just preach the gospel and and not have this life over here. They're both vitally important, but something that connects this to this is courageous God conversations. And the subtitle is being a conspicuous Christian, a conspicuous Christian. So we don't want to be covert Christians. We had this beautiful, I knew this wonderful man once, beautiful, lovely man, loved him. And he um, he was, you know, in our church and at his funeral, he died at old age. We honored him. It was a privilege to do it. But person after person came up and said, um, oh, wow, I had no idea he was a Christian. Well, oh, that was a beautiful service. Thank you. I did not know he had a faith. God has not called us to be covert Christians. We're not undercover here. Um you know, you might say, well, he they connected it at the funeral. You guys connected it for him. Yeah, but, but we're all meant to be conspicuous Christians. Now, we're not meant to be callous Christians on the other side of that. You can all think of a Christian that you know who's very bold with his faith or her faith and able to speak it out loudly and proclaim it. But then they're just like they're, they're, they're rude or they're judgy or they've got no idea. There doesn't seem to be any love in them. They're not considerate. Um, we're not meant to be callous Christians. We're not meant to be covert Christians. We're meant to be courageous, conspicuous Christians. So let's pray for that this morning or whatever time it is where you are. Lord, loving Lord, thank you that you've given us this life, this free life, this peace life with you, God. Lord, it's the best. Lord, I pray that we'd learn how to share it better. Give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us courage in Jesus' name. And I pray that today, as people listen to this message, that they would um, take their next step in, in what it means to be a courageous, conspicuous Christian. Amen. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 from the message paraphrase, which says, friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then there'll be one over to God's side. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Then there'll be one over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Oh! Wow. That is my joy. Well, like my hope, my joyful hope is that people will be there to join in the celebration when he arrives, that they are won over to God's side. So how? Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood. So the actions refute their prejudices. What are the prejudices about Christians where you live? Your actions need to refute those. What are they? That Christians are all sissy, weak-willed pansy boys. I don't know what they are, but you need to have actions that refute them. You need to be the kind of person that God calls you to be so that your love, your life of love refutes their prejudices, but it needs to be connected to something so that then there'll be one over to God's side. There's a passage in Titus chapter two, verse one to 10. And this passage is um, rigorously debated because in here and in Timothy, um, it kind of goes against the norm of Christian ministry that has been uh, espoused in the New Testament, which is participation of all. That's how my friend Nikki Den puts it, participation of all. Um, Paul, in fact, writes in Galatians that in him, in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. But he writes to Timothy and he writes to Titus where there have been false teachers infiltrate the church and create havoc. He writes to them. He says, we need to put some people in charge that um, with some very strict criteria. And in in Timothy, they have to be men. They have to be married to one wife. They had to have children that are um, old enough to have made a decision to follow Christ themselves. They have to be doing well in that decision. They have to behave themselves. It pretty much disqualifies every Christian minister I know. Maybe not if you're listening and you fulfill all those categories, go ye, well done. But in Titus, he writes and he instructs the older men, he instructs the younger men, he instructs the older women, and he instructs slaves. And he gives them an instruction that you would look and say, this is not how Jesus was and this is not how the rest of the New Testament appears to be, but he's doing it so that they are above reproach to the culture that is around them. And so in this verse, he's not condoning slavery, but he's just saying, you you know, this is the world that you live in. Make sure that you live a certain way in it. So let me read it to you. Titus chapter two, verse nine and 10. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God, our savior, attractive in every way. He is essentially saying slaves, the position you find yourself unfortunate and out of your control, but how do you act in that position is completely within your control and has eternal ramifications. The only way that they could make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive is that their musters must have known that they were Christians. So then once upon knowing that they're Christians, they must have been um, living a life that then tied back to making the teaching of God attractive. They took it seriously that the way that they lived would either make the teaching about God unattractive or attractive. Philippians chapter one, verse 27 above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Just like in one Peter, it said, this world is not your home in Philippians. It says you must live as citizens of heaven. That's your home conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Your life should connect people to the gospel and it shouldn't be this crazy connect the dots where you have to jump a thousand hoops and, you know, go around the mulberry bush. It should be a very easy connection that it connects the dots for people. Ephesians chapter four, verse one says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. He's talking about Christian maturity here. You have been called now live a life that's worthy of that. So the two go hand in hand. This week in Daily Devotions, we look at some people's lives who spoke volumes about who they were, but also about who God is. They didn't hesitate in pointing people to God when people recognized that their life was different. So last week, Easy Gospel Explanations, maybe you felt a little bit more equipped when you did the Daily Devotions, when you watched the midweek study, when you listened to Tony McLennan. Maybe you felt more equipped, but maybe the boldness still isn't there for you. So How? then can you become a conspicuous Christian? Number one, be obvious and not annoying. Be obvious and not annoying. We generally have to work on being more obvious or less annoying. If you're watching with someone today, just turn to them and say, do I need to be more obvious or less annoying? And if you just got asked, go ahead and answer honestly. (laughs) Some of us are so unobvious that Jesus is a little confused about our spirituality. He's like, uh, where, uh, are you a uh, you follower of me? I, I can't, can't, can't quite see. Um, go ahead and look at the person next to you with a confused face and say, are you a Christian? No, don't judge. Um, okay, some of us, however, we're, we're obvious, but we're so annoying that people don't have time to get offended at the gospel because they're already offended at our behavior. You know, if that's the person that you're with, just go ahead and tell them, you are really, really annoying. Um, How can you you be more obvious, firstly? Well, one of the easiest ways is simply in your workplace when someone asks you, what did you do on the weekend, that part of your answer is, I went to church. Like, uh, you know, maybe you're someone who's like, "Uh, yeah, like, obviously – For me, that was a massive deal. For me to identify myself with Christians, that was massive for me. And maybe that's you today. And you just need to take that step of faith of I went to church. And maybe there will be an awkward silence. And 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 maybe just take that next step of, yeah, and the the preacher spoke about this. It was really cool. It really helped it was really helpful. Like just that like let the awkwardness hang in the air become more obvious. Maybe you could read your Bible in a public place, start at the park bench, graduate to the lunchroom. Imagine if in the lunchroom you were reading your Bible, the conversations of that might spark. but how obvious is that, that you believe something different? Uh, What does that look like for you? I love this story. Um, my niece Brie, she was um, being interviewed for The Hundred with Andy Lee. Um, if you watch that show, maybe you know what I'm talking about, maybe you don't. But in any case, uh, it was like this kind of thing of the different things that we do. Do you keep the sauce in the cupboard or in the fridge? Um, and so Brie was talking about this with Andy Lee, Dion was there, her husband as well. And and this is what she said She said, My friends always said to me, um, because we're Christians and we didn't live together before we were married, they said, You're crazy, you need to live together. You don't know how hard it's going to be. You need to, you know, make sure, you know, before you get married. And and then when I got married, I was like, is this what they were talking about? Like, this is crazy. Do we keep the sauce in the fridge or in the cupboard? And she's just telling this funny story But being a conspicuous Christian on national TV. I was like, that is incredible. And just because she was so lighthearted about it, you know, it was no big deal. I think we sometimes have all the problem with it more than the people that we're talking to do. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16 says, Let your light shine before man. Don't take it and hide it. Put it on a lampstand that all can see. Be more obvious. How can you be less annoying? Listen more than you speak. Ask more than you say. Don't feel the need to drop truth bombs every time you speak. Don't feel the need to be the smartest person in the room or the, you know, most charismatic person in the room. Be someone who listens. Be someone who cares with people in the room. Now, um, just some more questions for you. And if you're all over this, if you're like, this is chicken feed, Bron, this is like 101, then maybe you'll apply these questions to actually bringing the gospel. More than just being a, a courageous Christian, more than being a conspicuous Christian, this for you will be about speaking the gospel. So number one, what holds you back? Name it name it. Is it embarrassment? Is it fear? Is it a feeling of inadequacy? Name the thing that is holding you back. Is it apathy? Have you just become a little bit lukewarm? Just name it, like just in your heart, before you and God. I don't need to know. Person next to you doesn't need to know. Just go ahead and name it. What is holding you back? You're too cozy in this life. You made the world your home. Name it. And then I would say, memorize a scripture for that exact thing. This is actually way easier than you would think. You're like, oh, I don't really know the Bible, Bron. Google it. What is a good scripture for embarrassment? What is a good scripture for inadequacy? What is a good scripture for fear? I've got to tell you, I've been doing this for fear. I realized what a fearful person I was not so long ago. Fear of rejection, fear of what people think, fear of loss, fear of whatever it might be. And I thought, I cannot live with fear any longer. I need to live with faith. And so I began to memorize Psalm 27 and uh, like I'm four weeks in. And I'm like, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to attack me, when my enemies and foes no, come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. a mighty army surround me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is that I might dwell in the house of the Lord for all my days, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his temple for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will place me out of reach on a high rock and then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Come on! (laughs) There I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy singing and praising the Lord with music. Yeah, now my heart is beginning to get lifted. The fear is going and the faith is rising. I am rewiring my neural pathways to faith rather than fear. Be merciful O God, hear me as I pray. You have always been my helper. Do not abandon me now. I mean, even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. And then there's a stick about my enemies and I always get that part wrong. Um, but then it says, um, yet I'm confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Be patient and wait for the Lord. Be brave and courageous and wait patiently for the Lord. Oh man, it has rewired my thinking. I'm like, I don't get scared anymore. I'm not fearful anymore. And that'll get tested, I'm sure. But I've got this backlog of reframing and rewiring. And you can do that too. If you are embarrassed, you might like to remember Ephesians 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation for all. You might, if you feel inadequate, you might like to memorize Philippians Four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, and and it's not just something that you memorized it and that's good. No, tell yourself in the mirror until that emotion goes away. And then when you recognize the next emotion, find another scripture for that and tell yourself in the mirror, morning, night, until it goes away. Until you don't feel that anymore. Until you don't feel embarrassed of the gospel because you're not ashamed anymore. You know that it's the power of God and to salvation. You don't feel inadequate. No way. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. You might say, Brian, why would I do that? That's just ridiculous and lame and I've got better things to do with my time. Uh, You might have heard the saying in year eight netball or veterans hockey of we're not playing for sheep stations. I've got to tell you right now, we are playing for sheep stations. On what I'm talking about, we are playing for sheep stations and more, um, you know, Uh, accurately, the battle for hearts and minds. This is eternal ramifications. This is a battle for people's lives. And we cannot sit on the sidelines and be conscientious objectors or say, well, my life's just going to speak. No, we need to open our mouths and speak the very word of God. You can do it. I can do it. We're in this together. Memorize the scripture. Where could you start? Identify somewhere where you could start today. Maybe it is reading your Bible in the lunchroom. Maybe it is telling people, don't resolve the awkwardness. Maybe that's your thing where you're going to start today. And then finally, how do you level up? How do you take it a level up from where you are right now? Could you ask a question about their faith? Could you invite them to an event? Could you ask them if they want to read the Bible together? These are all ways that you could take a next level. I believe in you. You've got the power of God, the Holy Spirit living inside you. You are able to be a courageous and conspicuous Christian. And God is able to do amazing things with your life. Make sure that you do the daily devotions to look at people across scripture and their life and how it witnessed to people. Make sure you do the midweek study and learn about what we have to put on as Christians that make us more attractive to the world around us. And let's get the most out of the word of God. Let's be changed by this spiritual growth campaign. In Jesus name. Lord, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice, Lord, that they would be With boldness from on high Lord that their spirit would rise Lord that their chin would lift And that they would know that they are held by the God of all creation Lord I pray that more people would know about you Through Lord our easy gospel explanations Lord Through our courageous God conversations And through our life of love In Jesus name, Amen Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast Whether you are new and exploring your faith Or a follower of Jesus There's a next step for you